What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. In today's show, it's a Friday deep dive into the NBA draft. A little bit later on in the episode, I'm going to play my conversation with Mark Schindler of uh, Contributor Basketball News, writer for a couple sites on SB Nation, someone who's all over the uh, sort of NBA and, and collegiate basketball developmental world. Uh, I played you the first part of my conversation with Mark earlier this week, so if you haven't listened to that one, I really strongly recommend it. But we're going to talk about fits in the NBA draft, approach to scouting, all of those type of things. Then we're going to narrow in on uh, who the Blazers might target should they get two picks or even one pick in that sort of mid-lottery range from about six to ten, where they're very likely to select and, and potentially could could select more. Uh, we talk about all things draft stuff with Mark, so make sure you stick around for that. But first, there's some news like uh, NBA draft. The deadline to declare for the NBA draft is April 24th this year. That's when underclassmen have to declare have to declare for the NBA draft, put their name in, and and uh, and and make it and and that's that's the deadline before you have to have to make your decision whether you're gonna whether you're gonna stay or not. So names will continue to trickle in over the next month. Like we're not the, the you know the guys still playing in the NBA playing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the, there's potentially five first rounders on Duke. Uh, there's uh, Oshai uh, Baji from Kansas potentially could be an, an NBA guy like there's or a top ten type guy like. There are some big names that will still come in over this weekend. This is Friday, uh, April 1st show. No April Fool's here. Didn't even come in with a good joke of my lead-in. Totally totally forgot that it was a holiday. But uh, if you do celebrate, be nice to people. Don't play too many pranks. But we're going to find out sort of the, the top of the names. You know, Chet Holmgren hasn't hasn't declared as of, as of this recording. Jabari Smith hasn't declared as of this, as of this recording. I think all of that is going to happen, but we're getting some news trickling. As we get some news, it's important to know. Today, on March 31st, on Thursday, two big names declared for the draft. Two two likely top 10 picks uh, put their made it official. They're going pro. That includes Johnny Davis, who ESPN has ranked number nine overall on their prospect chart. Uh, the two, He's a shooting guard from uh, Wisconsin. He's like a wing, but he's mostly a two from Wisconsin. I like him. I think he's going to be a solid NBA player. He probably doesn't have the upside of other guys in his draft range. But um, at six five, competes on both ends. Can you know? Can handle? Can score? Uh, play some defense? Like I think he'll be a the little bit I've seen of him and what I've read about him. I I think he'll be an NBA player. That's a big name to know. And if you're a projected top ten pick, that's a name to know. Johnny Davis officially declaring. That's that's our first domino. And then a really big one. The best prospect to so far make it official. Produce Jaden Ivey. 6'5 guard, maybe a lead guard at the next level, maybe a combo guard. Um, really, really impressive athlete. Showed some playmaking skills. Uh, probably play, played in a system that didn't showcase all he has at Purdue. A little more old school there with Matt Painter. And I think in the space and pace of the NBA, Ivy could be really good. Some folks think he could sneak into the top three ahead of those entrenched guys up there with Smith and Holmgren and Ben Caro. Regardless, that's a big name that has has made his uh made his plans known. Ivy and, and Davis are are the two biggest uh, biggest dominoes so far, as well as Keegan Murray, who on Wednesday of this week declared at the uh, forward from Iowa, declared that maybe the best player in college basketball this year, declared that he's going pro. Keegan Murray, I know a lot of Blazer fans have him high on the list. I like him a lot, too. Um, dude, is an, dude is a bucket and has the size to be exactly the type of player the Blazers need. Another one that's on absolutely on the Blazers list uh, declared last week, Tari Eason from, uh, from LSU of uh, 
a high motor defensive defender type forward uh, that we talk about a little later in the episode. Uh, I, I like I like Eason a lot. I'll, I'll save you the details. Stick around for the details later because Mark and I discuss him in depth. But uh, Tari Eason's head in pro, and then Kendall Brown, forward from uh, forward from Baylor, is it also made his plans on Wednesday or made his plans official on Wednesday. He's going pro. So those are like the names at the top of the draft to know. I recognize the Blazers have second round picks, and we'll get there when we get there. Um, I'm not a de- I'm not a big enough draft guru to dive that deep. Uh, right now, I'm kind of st- staying in where the Blazers range are. And as we get sort of closer to know um, where the Blazers are going to pick and all that, we'll dial in on all of those things. But that's the news you need to know. Uh, you can you can keep a, a sort of tabs on this. Um, it is big. It is, well, some of it is a foregone conclusion. Like Tarisen and John Davis and Jaden Ivey are all going to go in the top 15 picks. So it's it is, it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, Kendall Brown's probably the guy who could fall the, the deepest on on this list, he could uh, projected by uh, projected by some folks who work at the Lockdown Podcast Network to fall to fall into like the the late teens into maybe as far as twenty, but like. You know, first rounders are, are for the mostly it's a foregone conclusion. It would be a much bigger surprise if someone if someone chose to go back to school at this point, just the way it works. So um, this isn't like these aren't breaking news or surprising news things. But this is if 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 you are building your draft board at home and hoping for the Blazers, you know, to add your guy, add your favorite player. These are names to know. And I think um, for me. Uh, Keegan Murray and Tar Eason are two two prospects pretty darn high on my list. I don't think Johnny Davis fits what the Blazers need because he's like a he's like a two only. But I think I think he's going to be a pretty darn good NBA player. So um, sometimes you might just draft best player available, and that's something we talk about with or I talk a little bit about with Mark uh, to close the show. Let's get to that because Mark provides a ton of insight. He's someone who is um, he does some scouting professionally, like he literally looks at uh, developmental players professionally. Um, writes about him all over the internet and does and does a little bit of scouting work on the side. So someone who's super plugged in. And uh, again, if you didn't hear my conversation with Mark in uh, earlier this week, it was we did an episode uh, earlier talking about kind of the Blazers direction and Trendon Watford and Amphrey Simons and uh, and Damon Lord. It's waiting in your feed before this one. I believe that was uh, that was two, uh, excuse me, Wednesday's show. So be sure to check that one. So in the second segment, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how Mark, how Mark approaches the draft, some players that he likes at the top of the draft, etc. cetera. Uh, so come back for that. But first, let me tell you about BetOnline. I guess stick around for that. But first, let me tell you about BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. More lines, more props, more odds on whatever it is. Huge weekend in college hoops. So if you want to place some wagers on the Final Four, you're going to find a whole bunch of action waiting for you on BetOnline.net. If you don't or can't bet, on college hoops, pro hoops, the NHL, uh, tennis tournaments, soccer, boxing, baseball spring training if you're nasty. Uh, it's All of it's going to be there for you on betonline.net. So don't wait. Go take advantage today. That's BetOnline where the game starts. All right. So as promised, let me drop you into my conversation with Mark Schindler, a contributor for basketball news uh, and just a generally smart basketball guy. We're going to talk about how uh, how he approaches the NBA draft, some NBA draft theory, some scouting stuff, and we're going to talk prospects. So here's my conversation with Mark Schindler. Mark, how do you approach the draft? Are you a best player available guy or are you a fit for the team guy? Uh. I have the very annoying and nuanced answer that. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. I think to me, 
uh, every team in the NBA is going to have a different draft board. So I try and approach it the same way. Like, I think like just looking right now, like I think to me, Chet's probably the number one prospect in the draft, but also I think it would make a lot of sense for most teams to take Powell number one, right? Cause he's going to be able to initiate more offense and like, that matters. Like how you're able to develop somebody matters. And maybe I'm biased just because I cover the Pacers too. And they took Gogo Batadze in a borderline lottery pick when they already had two centers who are getting paid for you combined million dollars. But you know, alas, um, when you trap somebody in a developmental context and don't actually have real pathways open for them and real avenues to, to improve outside of the G league, like you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And it, it also, also works in the opposite. Like it, it works in the opposite direction. When you yeah. draft a guy, I was thinking about this. I was watching the, the Nuggets last night and Aaron Gordon was attacking the rim and it was like, oh, this is the guy that, you know, we thought Aaron Gordon would could be in the pros. Mm -hmm. But in Orlando, his context was star, was engine of the team. You know, one or one or one A, he was going to be the lead guy for a team. He is not that. Yeah. Then he gets to Denver where he's the fourth best player on offense and he's elite as a fourth best player. And like, an he's an elite role player. And so I think in the same vein of where it's like, if you need a guy to lead an offense, Paolo is perfect. If you kind of need that role player, you know, someone to fill in the cracks, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe, maybe the chat is that because he's early in his career, he's going to be somewhat more of a complimentary part because he's not an initiator. So I, Unfortunately, I think I agree with you, Mark. I think best player available and team context matter together. Concur These are two, two uh, st concurrent streams that follow one another. Uh, who else do you like at the top of the draft? What are your thoughts on Jabari Smith? Uh, I like Jabari Smith a lot. Um, he is tough for me, though. Like, I don't think that the game against Miami should be used to um, – to bring him down, but I do think it's a very real indicator of where he's at right now. Um, and I think it more just strengthens, strengthens and showcases where I've been at with him throughout the year. Like I can't get to him at one for the most part, just because the handle is really rough. Like yep. um, he's not a great playmaker for how much usage he needs. Um, and while I do think there's a lot of interesting stuff defensively to me, he, like, I, I think some people view him more as a big, I don't see that at all. He's, he's just a big wing to me. And not in terms of somebody who's like necessarily a ball handler, but his best attributes defensively right now are as a switch defender, getting to play out on the perimeter. Um, he can do some okay stuff, you know, making rotations and whatnot, but like he's not really somebody who's going to blow up plays at the rim. I know he's had some moments of that, but for the most part, like you're getting the most out of him by playing him at the three um, or playing him at the four in a more aggressive scheme or something um, like he's really not somebody who I think is going to be a rim protector at a high level, at least not early, unless some, some magical outlier development happens with his, with his uh, physicality. Um, but the shooting is nuclear. Like he yep. is pretty much barn on the best shooter in the draft. And one of the best shooters um, for his size that has just really ever come through. Um, like, and I do think like there are some moments of like, it's not to be totally unfair to his handle. It's just in watching him, the best way to say it is, his body and hands are not connected and, and, and it shows through when he's trying to dribble. And so like when he has some standstill moments, he can do some really good stuff out of triple threat to get into a self-created shot that is like, Whoa, like that stuff's crazy, but he can't com combine it to get downhill. So like, he's getting a lot of mid post touches um, like Auburn really tried to do a lot more stuff to get him closer to the basket, but it still relates in a lot of, um, you know, just more contested jumpers and he's good at hitting them, but I think like he's somebody if if Portland were somehow able to lock, lock into like the third or fourth pick and he's there, 
um, that would be amazing. Like he'd be so nice to pair alongside Dame um, or just anybody uh, on a team that I think already has an engine. Cause I don't think he's going to be that, that kind of player, like a lot would have to change. And that's not me trying to shit on him. Like he could be the number one scorer on a team, but I just can't get there with him being, you know, the guy who is, is carrying the most usage on your team. Yeah. He seems to be a guy who was uh, six weeks ago was the number one pick and has dropped down to three. And it's funny when you drop in a draft from one to three, it's like, maybe he's bad. It's like, no, hold on. Hold on. People go way too far with it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, hold on. You're talking about, he was the number one overall pick and now he's the number three overall pick. That's, that's, that's pretty good. That's one of the first three picks in the draft, but you know, it's like you get to the top, the top of the draft stuff's always so weird. Um, You're just obsessed with what people can't do. So I'm glad you mentioned the shooting. That is his elite skill. That, yeah. That's and maybe the most valuable skill in the NBA right now is just being able to get a shot off at a high, high level, convert three pointers. Pretty valuable. You're gonna be yeah. you're gonna be appreciative of having that. So um, that's up there. Blazers are likely to have two lottery picks. Maybe not. Uh, the Pelicans may might make the playoffs. Like as we recording this on March 29th. Uh, this is Wednesday. I would bet my money on the making playoffs. Yeah, I I think they're going to make the playoffs. The only thing that's going to save them is Paul George coming back. Uh, that's what saves the Blazers. So, you know, he, Paul George kind of on a low key enemy of Blazers fans, but he, you really might have to root for PG to save the day because, uh, the Pels are going to beat whoever the 10th seed is. I think almost certainly if it's the Lakers, you can just count it. Like they're, that's a, that's just a joke of a franchise. I'll say it here, right here. Um, they need to hard reset, maybe move, maybe they're the team that moves, needs to move to Inglewood. Uh, and then it's like the Timberwolves or the Clippers. Do you really, are you really confident that those teams beat can whoever loses game one is going to beat the Pels in game two. I think the Pelicans are making the playoffs, but let's assume the Blazers have two, two picks. Let's say they have seven and nine. What are, who are some names kind of in that range that you like? So who does Mark like for the Blazers? Stick around after the break and you'll find out. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's the best protein bar on the market. My favorite protein bar, without a doubt. My personal favorites, cookies and cream and peanut butter brownie. But you're going to find something you like, whatever your palate might be. Whether you're looking for coconut almond or double chocolate, salted caramel. Whether raspberry floats your boat or any of the new flavors. They got a whole line of puff flavors that are a little more airy, kind of marshmallowy, and a whole bunch of fun. Whatever you're into, uh, the average uh, Built Bar has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. All tasty, all healthy. Go get your some. Go get yourself some. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Let's continue the conversation with Mark Schindler. Where we last left it, I asked Mark, who should the Blazers target with their mid-lottery picks? So, Mark, who should they target? This is where it gets so so difficult, too, because um, in talking about BPA and fit, especially when you're drafting between, like, 7 and 10 here, okay, you're talking about Benedict Matherin or, like, Johnny Davis, who I like both those guys a lot. I do not like th- that is not the ideal pick for this Blazers team, especially if they want to be more competitive sooner rather than later. Cause like Matherin is listed as six, seven, he's not six, seven. I think he's closer to six, five. Um, like I like Johnny Davis a lot, but again, he's like, he's really more of a full on two. He's um, a two. Yeah. And it's just like, you can play three guard lineups, but clearly as we've seen, unless Chauncey Billups is going to change up the scheme, like this is not a group that is built to, like, I mean, if you're bringing in another guard who needs to play like 20-ish minutes a game, like probably like a typical lottery pick, 
Um, I just, I, I can't really get there. Like, especially right, when they're already developing so many guards right now. Right. Um, so to me, I look at more like Tari Eason is somebody who I'm really high on. Probably me a little too. bit I like him a lot. Instance. Um, he's very erratic offensively, but he has, like, he is the guy who I think I look at um, could be that, that fourth or fifth starter on a team. Like, could be the four who is going to like, he has no issue taking shots, which sometimes to his own detriment, but like, I do think that will be reined in like LSU again, believe it or not, Will Wade, not that great of a basketball coach, just a very shicey recruiter. You didn't hear that from me though, but um, like Tari is a guy who I don't have, I don't, I don't buy him as a, a, cre- a creator or anything. Like I think maybe is if he's really able to put things together off drives and as a shooter, then like, yeah, maybe there's some stuff that comes along, but for the most part, I'm just like, this is a guy who's going to be one of the best defenders, if not the best perimeter defender in the class, um, while also getting to a point, hopefully, where he's neutral on offense. Like, I don't think that he's necessarily bad feel. He has some really good moments of feel, but also he has some very awkward moments with the ball in his hands. He's going to have the ball in his hands less. I buy his shot more than Jeremy Sohan, personally. Um, I was going to ask you about him next. Him okay, there you go. Um, and I just like, I mean, he is the kind kind of guy who I think would be perfect for the Blazers, uh, especially knowing like coming in, like, I think having a very clear hierarchy of like Dame is taking these shots and is taking these shots. You are taking shots from the corner and playing defense. Like right. having a, having that would be um, ideal. Drafted, it's good to drafted yeah. to be a role player and not a, a one or one a yes, it's like sometimes exactly. you, you, if you can get drafted into the place where you're going to be, your best it doesn't mean that you still you can make a lot of money as a role player that's that's yeah. how it works it's just everybody taking the top 10 is like you're drafted to be a star one time al farouk aminu i was asking him about this he's drafted eighth overall and he was like i was pretty fucking good in college and i was like oh my bad that's not what i that's not what i meant i was like what i'm saying <laughs> i was like what i'm saying is like when you got to the league you had to fill in you had to be a role player and he, it's like even the chiefs of the world kind of view themselves at 19 at like hold on give me the rock. Let me see what I can do. But I think the hierarchy, like you said, really can kind of help guys zero in on where they're going to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. And so I view Tari as like, that would be if, if you get like the the ninth pick or something like that, that's I'm, I'm all in on that. Jeremy Sohan's really interesting too. He's a little bit more reined in as a defender. I don't think he quite has the same movement skills as Tari. He's like a lot more of a true four to me. Um, and I just, I can't get there with the shot at the same level as Tari's right now. Like I do think that, Jeremy's a guy who's going to shoot in time. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, quite to the same level or same uh, efficacy as Tari, uh, but he does show a lot more as a, as a passer, especially on the interior. Yeah. I was going to say ball handling seems yeah. to be like, a, he's got a pretty big step up there. You've, you've yeah. watched these guys way more than me. So I'm, I'm talking like, I've seen all one and one half games of Jeremy. So it still counts, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think to me, I just, uh, I view, Tari is a guy who maybe has a little bit more to rein in. Like he definitely can be very erratic on both ends, but I still think like I would rather try and take a shot on him and see if you can rein in some of that because he's just like, if you do like to me, he's like, he's such a nice player. Like the defense when he's, when he's on and when he's in the right spot, like uh, he's so good defensively. What do you think about Jalen Dern? I love Jalen Dern. Um, my question would just be what is happening with Nurkic? Like, well, he's a backup uh, center. He would be drafted okay. to be a backup. Uh, well, yeah, if you do that, um, I don't think it's the worst. Like, I I have Duran like around six or seven right now. Like, okay, I think wow, he's that level good. Um, I think he has. I mean, he makes some plays defensively that are just like 
scream out guy who could be DPOY at some point for me if things really hit right. Like you heard, you heard it here first, folks. Well, I mean, he's I think he's the youngest player in the draft. If I remember correctly, he's eighteen. He's, he's eighteen years, he's, four months. So, certainly one of the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I believe more in the offense than I think other people do, which is what makes a difference. Like I I think he's going to be a guy who can make short roll passes. Um, a lot's going to depend on what happens with his in-between game. I don't care at all about him as a shooter from three. And Doesn't I think matter. I agree. it's a really important thing to note. Like same thing with Nurk as a three-point shooter. Everybody, I think people, not you, but I know people have gotten excited. Like, oh, maybe he's going to shoot from three. I'm like, the amount that he's going to have to do it and do it well, and for how long he'll have to do it to make defenses actually give a shit is like, it's just not going to happen. Like, I'm not yeah. trying to be rude, but like. We talked preseason and I was like, you were like, how many more uh, above the break threes do you want to see use of Nurkic shoot? And I said, zero. I feel like zero is a great number. Like, how about none? He could shoot none for the rest of the season. He'll still be fine on offense. Um, we exactly. are obsessed with everyone shooting threes in the modern NBA. You don't have to. That is not how this works. Yeah. You could be a very good player without it. Exactly. And so I view Duran as somebody who's going to be really good out of the dunker spots. He has obviously elite verticality. His hands are massive. He's really, really good catch radius. Um, a lot's just going to depend. Okay. Like he's shown some, some, some stuff out of the post that I don't love, but I appreciate that he's trying it. And that's stuff that I want to see. Um, it could be really interesting to see him as a backup on a good team and see what that looks like. Um, I just would have some questions because again, like uh, I mean, that's more like, okay, if you know Jeremy Grant is coming in, I honestly still think they should go out and get somebody like Tari Eason. And because as we've seen with this team, like they need as many of those guys. As, as many for, as many forwards, as many like combo-y three fours as possible. The, 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 the path forward to be really good with Damon Ant in the lineup is a bunch of length and athletes. Um, yeah. So it's as good as Josh Hart is, if Josh Hart would... Uh, the ideal player would be Josh Hart at six foot nine. That's yeah, like, yes. that's what Josh Hart at six foot nine is like an all-star. I hope yeah, people realize that. Like yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Josh um, Hart at six foot nine is like, you know, uh, multi, probably multi-time all-star bordering on all NBA. Like it's, he's, yeah. he's, he would be he would special. Be nice. He would be special. Yeah. Any other names in the sort of six through 10 range, the Blazers fans should have their eye on. Um, I mean, AJ Griffin, uh, for sure. If he like, falls that far. Yeah. If he falls, yeah, again, if he falls that far, like AJ Griffin is going to be uh, just the nutty shooter. Like he's already got, I mean, you've seen watching, watching Duke play. UNC I have unfortunately like, seen him. He's pretty good. He's, I mean, he probably is right behind Jabari for the best shooter in the draft. Um, like his ability to create stuff, like his footwork is insane. Um, obviously different, different types of players, but he's kind of in that TJ Warren mold for me. It's just elite scoring wing. Uh, the questions right now are definitely going to be in his handle. I don't think he has a great feel for the game either right now, um, which you see a lot in some of his processing, but like, I also think too, that's the kind of thing where if he's playing as like the fourth starter, or even if he's not starting, if he's just playing as the sixth man off the bench or something, like if you're factoring that guy into play off of stars, I think he makes even more sense because, um, like, I just, he's just not a guy who I believe in being a primary moving forward. That's not to be unfair to him. Like anything could happen, but like, even then I want to see a guy in a segmented role first. I think it's easier or better just in general for a prospect for the most part, like there are, you know, different times. And I'm, I've changed up on this, but like, um, not to go on too much of like a, a segue, but like when Kevin Porter jr. Was just like, when, when the rocks just like, we're going to make you a point guard. I was so confused by that because I'm like, Kevin Porter Jr. has never been a point guard, doesn't do point guard things. And you're going to ask him to run the entire offense while you're trying to develop other prospects. That was a mess for like the first four months. Yep. I look at it same way. Like I would rather see this guy. Okay. 
we're going to have you attack off second side and try and learn this read. And once you get that done, we'll add in other stuff and go right. from there. Because I think you have to, instead of trying to do all the things at the same time, just do one thing, get really good at it, and then keep moving from there and building up your base. Because you can't do everything. So like, I'm just like, okay, let's turn AJ Griffin into the best off movement scorer that we've had in a while. And um, which so that's asking a lot because CJ is really damn good at that. But like, <laughs> but the, the best guy above six foot four to right. do this in a while. Uh, but yeah, like I think that's a guy who would make a ton of sense for them. Yeah, those I, I, certainly Tari East and AJ Griffin are on high on my list. I haven't. I'm gonna wait until the, we find out what the Blazers' picks are before I I create my official Mike Richmond TMTM yeah. uh, wish list. Uh, last time the Blazers had a first round pick, it was Sadiq Bay, and I'm like still pat myself on the back. I'm like, great scout, brother, great scout, nailed it. Uh, a, a wing who can do a lot. So like, how valuable would he be? Uh, but instead, got a year and a half of Robert Covington. Uh, I guess it, it was the. It was Isaiah Stewart pick, not the Sadiq pick that they traded to, ended up trading to Detroit. But you get it. You get it. Thanks again to Mark for joining the show. If you want to follow Mark's work, he is on Twitter at MSchindlerMBA. He also writes for Indy Cornrows. He writes for BasketballNews.com. He writes for Fear the Sword, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers SB Nation site. He's just someone who's doing work all over, talking into microphones, writing about basketball and making you smarter about the game. So check out Mark's work. And again, thanks, Mark, for joining the program. As for me, I'll be back next week with five more episodes because this is a daily podcast on the Portland Trailblazers. Blazers play a couple games this weekend, uh, two against the Spurs, some really important losses because if the Spurs win... They're getting closer on catching the Pelicans. Uh, The Pels are probably locked into ninth, but it can only help to have those teams behind them win. The easiest way for the Blazers to keep that protected pick is if the Blazers, if the Pelicans miss the play-in game altogether. So we will have you know recaps of those games early next week. The Blazers finishing out their final road trip of the regular season, the final week of the regular season, and we'll continue our look at draft prospects and what's next for the Blazers. We'll talk about traded player exception targets and all that good stuff as we slowly but surely transition into a long and important Blazers offseason. So come back and check us out. Look for me. Look for us, the whole community, wherever you're looking uh, for podcasts. And also on YouTube, just search Lockdown Blazers. You'll find us there. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.